Welcome to the Love Revival Aurora podcast. On behalf of Love Revival, I would like to thank you for listening to the podcast. Hope you enjoy this week's powerful message from Pastor Brandon. Have a blessed and beautiful day. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Glory. Glory. Thank you, Jesus. How many are excited to be in the house of the Lord? We just came back from a three-day tent revival called GGG. Trying to line up that. Okay. (laughs) I like things a certain way. There we go. Glory. Um, We had such a powerful, powerful time. William Hinn was there. Theo Koulianos was there. Solomon Kempke was there. It was just Gail and Gary York, the vice presidents of Lifestyle Christianity, were Todd White. With Todd White. Just an amazing amazing time my life was changed and before I share I have a short message today but everyone who went to GGG I would like you to come up here and share about one to two minutes about what God did in your life there. So, the more ready ones to share what they experience can be in the front, and then, but if you feel comfortable to come up and share, but really the Christian life's not about comfortableness. Uh, whoever was there, come up and share, please. Okay, <laughs> oh, here comes Grandma. Yeah, just line up uh, over here. I know you're running camera, Gary, but can you grab the or Fred? Actually, you know where they're at. Sanitizer wipes. Do you know where they're at? There's some right here too, honey. Oh, we got some over here, Fred. There's some right here, Fred. So you don't gotta go walking all over. On the floor? Oh, don't. Yep. I'm so excited. Sorry. <laughs> Hi, Joe. Hi, Amanda. I miss you guys. It's good to see you. <laughs> Sorry. Public shout out. <laughs> also, we have two visitors with us today. Hi! Welcome. Welcome. We love you. What's your name? I have to be reminded because I forget. Antoinette. Antoinette, but you like being called Tony. Okay. Hey, Tony. Hi, Tony's mom. What's Tony's mom's name? Glory. <laughs> Amen. Legacy. Glory. Wait, wait, wait. I can't hear. I can't hear her say your name. Hi, Jackie. Sorry, the mask is... Yeah. Oh, hey, amen. Welcome we back. We go way we back. Miss you. Sorry, That's the when we first started five everything. years ago. <laughs> yeah. Hey. I thought that was you. I just, because the mask, it's hard to. Yeah. Tony and Jackie in the house. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'll stop being goofy. <laughs> well enemy tried to keep me from going I got hives for three days I had a a water leak in my house and I didn't even feel like going but you know what I was pushed by the Holy Ghost I know to go and when I went such a passion a more passion to want to serve God even more and they preached on the New Testament church and how we're supposed to be 
And I, I got such a hunger, such a hunger to be closer to Jesus because it should be the norm when we go out as a church. And it reminded me that Jesus says that we are supposed to be faithful to his house and faithful to him. And we should be around our Christian brothers and sisters because in this day and time and hour, we're going to need one another. We need one another. We need to uplift one another in the spirit. And I tell you, I got a new fire in my soul for Jesus, a new fire, a, a new level. And I want to keep going on because I want to be able to have the gifts of the Spirit. We got to pray, every one of us. It's not for one or two, like they said. It's for each one of us to get the gifts, to touch people, to where they'll be saved, which is the most important thing. And then for those to be healed. I keep going because I know that I have preached. I know I have preached before and I could keep on preaching, but you know what? I love Jesus so much and I thank him so much for this time. I thank God for my grandson, Brandon, and for my daughter, Teresa. She's an amazing woman that has stood the test of time. Amen. Thank you, Grandma. Glory to God. Glory to God. So I just want to first just honor my pastor and pastora. So if it wasn't for either of you, I wouldn't be here today. And the amount of sowing into us has been just incredible. And I'm, I'm not just talking about money or even time. I mean, time in the kingdom, that, that's a human concept, time. God gave us that. But this man of God, is a, he's eternally minded. And I just want to say, going into GGG, it's just not tent meeting or a gathering per se. I mean, that, that's, that's, a, that's a blessing to have those things in the Bible commands us to gather together in one accord. But these past few days, and I, I won't be too long, but these past few days have just just uh, imparted the spirit of family, restoration, perspective, and just catalyzed, and, and like Sandra said, you know, just renewed and refreshed our spirits. And words were released that we've been praying for and praying for. And I'll leave that to, to you and Pastor to kind of elaborate on that. But just what we've been praying for was just, and then a suddenly from heaven just poured out. Um, and that was on the 25th, yesterday. And um, personally, what happened today before I left, so... I had a certain amount in my bank account and it came time to give and I never really, I didn't, it wasn't even a thought in my mind like, I, you know, because that's, that's my emergency fund. <laughs> but they, uh, Gary York and Gail York put about a substantial amount of money into organizing this, a lot. And they were, they were calling for people to give accordingly and the Holy Spirit just hit me I said okay I will and I sowed because that's good soil GGG give God glory and then I kid you not three to maybe five seconds later this blessed little young girl named Maddie probably eight years old just walks up to me says I felt led to give this to you her savings her, she gave me her savings because she heard a conversation a, a few weeks ago at um, Holy Spirit Night. And that was about uh, a homeless ministry starting in, into that stream. And she, she mentioned that. I wanted to just bless you with this. She gave that to me. I broke down. <laughs> I just, 
I just started bawling. And Christ says, you must be like one of these to enter the kingdom of heaven, one of these children. And she just looked at me like with, she had a million years in her eyes. Just eternal, just eternity was in her eyes. So thank you, thank you so much for giving me access to this level of family. Thank you, Pastor. Glory. Why do I have them share testimonies? For those who didn't go, the Bible says the testimony is a spirit of prophecy. When you release a testimony, if you have a, a faith and an expectation, you can get an impartation of what they received even though you didn't go. And of course, there's another level when you do go and you, you know, whatever you sow into it, whatever. But you can receive an impartation through the testimony of them. And I preach every week, but it's awesome to see um, them preach and what happened in their hearts because we all experience God in a unique, amazing way. So, Fernando. Hey, everybody. Hey. Um, <laughs> so, going to GGG, I, I didn't know what to expect. And um, I was just mind blown, you know, because I, I didn't grow up in the best environment. And my dreams were, you know, just having a fancy house and a fancy home. And having all these properties and all this money and what stood out to me the most was when Solomon said if God calls you to South Africa you <laughs> you sell everything you know you you want to pursue that dream because what we have here you don't there's bigger and greater things up in the spiritual kingdom and you know it's and being able to get closer to my pastor and it was just mind-blowing and yeah <laughs> glory Fernando got saved about five months ago. Is that right? Yeah. Zoe? Yeah? Five months ago? <laughs> and we baptized him at Gary's property, at GGG's property. And so it was his second time there. The first time was being baptized. So he's from Dallas. So he flew here to experience what he experienced and uh, just amazing and he helps and Zoe and, and with uh, social media with our social media and Emily helps with our online Emily came from Arkansas so let's hear what happened with Emily hi guys <laughs> okay so like I came I came to GGG with like kind of like a low expectation like I just want to see God move I guess and God like went above and beyond what I could have ever imagined just seeing how he moves in other people and just um just seeing him moving people in the tent um outside it was just it was amazing just to watch um one day one one of the days I stepped I stepped out of the tent walked to the back of the of the tent just to watch everyone worship and you could you could see like a cloud like like inside you can't you can't see that because you're in it and I stepped I stepped out and I looked in wow. and it was it was just amazing to see just just the the power and the presence of it and so yeah 
Zoe. Zoe, she she also came, flew here from Dallas, drove here from Dallas, and she is amazing. She is amazing. And let's hear what happened in her heart, in her life. Um, so for those of you that don't know me, my lungs are pretty bad. <laughs> and that's okay, though, because they're going to be healed. Um, and we know that. Uh, and so before GGG, I was really praying hard, and I said, Lord, I know you're going to heal me. I know it's going to happen. And, you know, every morning I wake up and I said, God, I'm going to be healed today. Um, and then, of course, before GGG, like the day before, I'm sitting there coughing up. I'm disgusting. It's in pain again. Non-contagious. But that's okay. And so I'm just like, oh, okay, maybe God, maybe this is it. This is my last bit of pain, and I'm going to be healed. And I was so ready for it. And then it was Saturday night, um, and everyone was praying for me. And um, the pain, I left, and the pain was still there. And uh, on my car ride home, I was just crying out to God, and I was like, Lord, I know you want me to be healed, but when am I going to be healed? And it started to turn into anger, and I wasn't angry at God, but I was angry at the prayers because I got mad at the people that were praying because I was like, why do they keep praying for me? Because I know it's not going to work. And then I realized, and I sat back, and I said, Lord, I am so sorry. I'm mad at the people that you have sent to pray for me, but I'm already saying in my mind the prayer's not going to work because I told myself, well, God, you're going to heal me. You're going to heal me. You're going to heal me. But then behind that door, I was like, but you're not going to heal me, and I know that. And I got comfortable in being sick, even though I wasn't comfortable while I was sick. <laughs> so even though I'm not healed yet, I'm not going to let that doubt come in even if I put a mask up, <laughs> get a mask up, and say that I'm fine, you know, and say that my faith is so strong in the Lord when behind that mask I'm like, God, I don't trust you. So through GGG I learned that. <laughs> and so now I know where my heart stands and I'm able to grow from that and say, Lord, I completely give it to you and I trust your timing and I don't have doubt and I know the day will come. Because I've seen people be healed in this church. We saw it on Tuesday. We've seen it before online. So I'm like, Lord, it's going to come. Because now my heart's ready for it. Amen. Glory. Yes. Fred. Fred. Uh, I, I get emotional. <laughs> the guy on the stage yesterday said, I cry a lot on this shirt. And I thought, man, I need one of those shirts. Uh, <laughs> um, what God did with me was, was different, I think. Than, I think the reason God took me there was different than what most people had went there for. When, when y'all had told me about it, and you didn't, you didn't tell me enough. But <laughs> when, you, when you told me about it, I thought, yeah, I, I want to go to that. And it didn't look like it was going to work out. And it didn't work out for the rest of my family. But I seen that I could go. So I wanted to make sure that I was there. But with, with me, when it comes to events and things happening... I'm normally in the middle of it with both feet. I'm, I'm the one running here getting that, putting up this net, running to go get those balls. I am normally so busy, I don't get to see the ministry that's being done. And then I'm so tired afterwards um, that I don't get all the joy from seeing God do his work. But I went there and I absolutely had to do nothing but let God have his way. 
I did, and I don't mind doing things at all. I, I truly don't. But I didn't have to carry no water bottles. I didn't have to cook no food. I didn't set up no games. I did. What I did is I went and stood by the lake by myself. I had a lot of by myself time over the, the few days and just watched. And I, I just watched the campers, the, the, the people volleyball, the people in the pool, the people cooking and serving the food, carrying the generators, icing down the bottom. There was just so many people doing so many things. And I got to see how much they were blessed. Everyone else. And it just touched me in such a huge, huge way. You know, and and God just just blessed me and touched me. I know that I'm appreciated and I know that I'm loved. And it wasn't that God was trying to tell me that because I do know that. The family God has put me around has always appreciated, you know, and stuff. But he just kind of let me see, you know. And then at the end, when I went to leave, I went up to thank him for uh, uh, letting me be on his property. And before I could even get through saying thank you, which is only that long. He was letting me know how much he appreciated me being there and when I could please come back. You know, it, it, was, it was unreal. And um, one other thing I want to say quickly, and you don't even know this, but uh, Saturday night, when y'all were being prayed for, uh, I, I wanted to make sure because all the team was being prayed for. So I wanted to make sure someone was behind you because I knew God was going to touch y'all. He'd, he'd been touching you the whole time. There was no reason for it to stop because it was Saturday night. So I wanted to make sure I was there. You were touched, and I was helped you down. Then when you went to be touched, and you may not know this, I, did you, I was behind you, and all of a sudden you went forward. You didn't go backwards. Yeah. And then I thought, I, I immediately thought, God, why did he go forward? And I went forward on top of you. I don't know if you felt that or not, but boom. And I'm going like, whoa, what happened? You know, but I, it was a wonderful time. If, if you weren't there, you need to be there next time. That's for sure. That's for sure. Thank you, Fred. Fred is amazing. He literally does do everything. He is such a, I see Jesus in him so strongly. He's, uh, he's part of River of Life and, you know, River of Life is just our family, you know, and thank you so much, Fred. And he's actually here because we're having, a, we're doing gospel skits after this and we're going to shoot the, or we're going to practice and Zoe's leading that. So thank, thank you, Fred, for being for for being with us today. Lakeisha, what did God do in you? Ed, I'm not going to keep rhyming. Yeah, I couldn't think of what to say and then I had to pray and ask God to show me. So, uh, I mean, GGG is always so amazing the power it's like 
having all those, all these people that are just hungry and, and seeking God all in one place, praising and worshiping him and the power that like he just falls like, like nothing I've ever felt. Like it's just undescribed. You got to be there to actually even know, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's amazing. But um, yeah, I don't know if everybody knows I deal with back issues and um, like I just recently started learning to sing and I um, smoked for like 10 years, destroyed my throat and, and like I, I, I just was all messed up, <laughs> all messed up. And um, the first day, uh, Zoe's prayed over me and spoke over me and she um, let me know my vocal cords were healed of that like smog, that was the exact word you said right, smog, of that smog and that I was healed and I received that, I really did and it's it's like um, my voice is, my voice is normally like really 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 deep and for some reason it's been like normal, <laughs> like so I can truly tell that he's healed my vocal cords, really. It's really awesome, yes. And then um, one thing the, on uh, Friday, so um, they had said that everyone has a different perspective based on what we've been through in our lives. Everyone is different. We need to see things the same way heaven presents it. And so it, elevated perspective, elevated lives. So I've always, because of the back issues that I have and me destroying my voice and me always, I, I really doubt myself a lot, which I'm working on. God is working on me with that. But I doubt myself a lot and I'm like, I suck and I destroy my voice. Like I'm always saying that I destroy my voice. But since that, that word, I'm not going to say that anymore whatsoever because I know I'm healed. But um, I thought people didn't understand, but it's what I go through because me standing up here for a long time puts me in pain. And then even me trying to sing, I will be in just ridiculous pain afterwards just trying to do that. And I'm, and I'm like, oh, people don't understand, but it's not even about that it's about God and that's what I had to understand I had to fight through the me 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 oh me 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 <laughs> and start looking at him 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 and and know what he's told me is true that I'm healed that I'm free yes. and stand on those promises so Saturday or Friday I danced the entire time, like three hours. <laughs> I sang, I danced the entire time, no pain. Came home full of energy, like just couldn't even sit down. So <laughs> um, God showed me what I lack, he gives me. You know, he floods me with, when I don't have the strength, he floods me with it. When I'm doubting myself, he floods me with that confidence that I need, yeah. I love it. So he took me to a whole new level, like they said. Whole different perspective, whole different level of my worship. Amen. Glory to God. Glory. You want to share something, love? Woohoo. So, <laughs> how do I phrase it? Um, so I went with an expectation of, well, we were talking about it in the car. Hi, Patrick. Um, we were talking about it in the car, and we were like, oh, what do you expect for uh, GGG? What are you thinking that you're going to receive? And we were going around, and I or, yeah, and... Um, I said, well, I'm hoping to see something 
in a, in a different way. I want a new perspective. And that's what they had talked about the first day that we were there, the first evening session. And so I thought I had received everything I came for because that was the exact wording I used uh, when they were asking me, oh, what do you expect? And I was like, oh, he said it. I got it. It's there. And then Saturday comes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there's this guy who's up there prophesying and pulling people out of the crowd. And I'm thinking, oh, this is cool, watching everybody getting... He's picking people, and then he said, you, sister, stand up. And I'm like, oh. He's like, what's your name? And I'm like, my name is Jordan. And he's like, Jordan. The Jordan is swelling. And I'm like, oh, no, because I know that for a couple years now, <laughs> um, I've been, we've, we've kind of been wanting to have kids, and yeah, and you know, when you're in ministry, there's the, well, and even if you're not in ministry, there's that very prominent lie the enemy tries to tell you through experiences that you're not, you're not able to steward life, you're not able to take care of people's hearts, you're not able to show Jesus in every area. <laughs> and so I think somewhere along the way, I believed a lie that God wouldn't trust something like that with me. Even though that's weird because you're all here and I love you. Um, but we got the green light because he said, I see you nine months pregnant. I'm not. I'm not currently. <laughs> I'm making that very clear to everyone who's watching online. I am currently not pregnant. Just wanted to let you know. But that was encouraging to me. That God doesn't think about me the way I believed. And, and it was a very generational moment. There was, there was many of us there who, grandma was there and, and mom was there and, and my mom was there later that day. It was just a very generational thing. And it was a, it was a blessing to see it con the promise continue, that I have the seed, that I have the promise for that. And, um, it was a pretty hefty moment. <laughs> but yeah, I sure got, as Emily would call it, whacked. <laughs> Glory. Amen. So because we're having a baby, the service is... No, I'm just joking. What? <laughs> uh, I got to fulfill... Never mind. Um, thank you, love. Um, have a great Sunday. Keep <laughs> yeah, we don't have any kids in here, so we're good. Well, they might be watching online. <laughs> Parents, you're free to mute if you need to. Just so I'm just going to share very pretty much like they did, very briefly, and then. Um, I mean, this whole weekend was, God just brought so much confirmation and revelation and impartation and generation and all the shuns. <laughs> um, and when he spoke that, Word, I have it. I'm going to figure out how to get it in a... We'll, we'll see it on here one day. But um, he had said that first the... Um, I forgot his name. Prophet Charles. Was it Charles? Something like that. Um, he was... He had said that to her, and then he said, I've seen you pregnant. And then Solomon Kemke, which he's very strong prophetic also, he came and started prophesying even more. And he said, this is a, it's like John the Baptist. It's not just a physical pregnancy. 
It's also your this child is going to be a sign. You're pregnant with destiny. And he said the child's birth, it's happening at a specific time because in the natural, the birth is happening. And in the spiritual, a birth is happening of a movement of what God has called you guys to. And that's crazy because last Sunday I was preaching about how the natural is reflecting a spiritual reality. And that's exact, and that was his whole preaching too yesterday. It was mind blowing. So he said, and the reason I'm sharing this with you, because if you're connected to us, if you're part of this ministry, whenever we get a prophetic word, you get that word. There's a price to pay for that word, but you have access to it because you're in covenant relationship. Covenant relationship gives you access to what those who went before you have fought and paid a price to for. And like I said to some people yesterday, it's our job to then teach you how to steward that and pay the same, be willing to pay the same price so that you can grow take it from where we're at and keep growing our ceiling is your floor and then you teach the next generation see God is a transgenerational God the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob he is a God who he's not just interested in blessing you for your life he's interested in blessing you for the next generation's life and we have to my question this is what I told God personally, but my question to you is, are you willing to pay a price with your life, even though you may not see what he has shown you that is going to happen through you because it may happen in the next generation? Are you willing to pay a price for something you never get a reward for on this earth? Are you willing to live for a generation you'll never see? Because if you're not, then you're not, you're, you're not going to be given the ability to be a spiritual father or mother and raise up sons and daughters, which our ministry, I'm more focused on not filling a church. I'm more focused on raising sons and daughters who become fathers and mothers who raise sons and daughters. I am focused on spiritual reproduction. And it's a longer road. It's a harder road. Because you can walk away from sheep. But you can't walk away from children. And it's harder. It takes more time. But for me, it's the only way. And I think the issue, why we see so many churches dying, I believe we have not discipled and raised up sons and daughters. We raised up people to serve in our ministries and in our churches. But then what happens when that person who has the calling and the microphone dies? What happens to the rest of the church? See, what's supposed to happen, it's supposed to, we're supposed to be raising up people who are going, we're supposed to be apostolic. We're supposed to raise up people with, our, with the same anointing, the same fire to carry it and go even further. And I think that the church has not done that. And partially, and there's many people that will disagree with me on this. Partially, I think it's because we're just waiting for Jesus to take us to the sweet by and by instead of bringing the kingdom of God into the earth. Because he's coming back for a glorious church, one that's powerful, one that has authority, one that darkness trembles.
He's coming back for a church that's not scared trying to get rescued in a rescue mission. We're not a rescue mission. We're an army. We are, we are part of a kingdom in which no, there's no power, no weapon, no technology that could ever stop this kingdom. And that's the kingdom you're attached to, not just attached to, that's the kingdom that's inside of you. Jesus said the kingdom is within you. That's, you know, sorry, I'm, I'm bad to be around stuff while I'm preaching. I'm getting better. Poor Gary's getting a workout over there. Thank you, Gary, so much for man in the camera. I think that the reason why the book of Acts the apostles did what they did. The people did what they did. It's because they understood what was inside of them. And they understood who was behind them. They understood all heaven was waiting for them to say one word. Say one word to that sickness. Say one word to that depression. Say one word. Jesus told Peter when he cut off the guard's ear, he said, don't you know that I have angels that are just waiting for me to say one word. Jesus said, I'm not going to say that word. He didn't say this, I'm paraphrasing. I'm not going to say that one word because that one word would stop me. It would save my life, but it would, I would lose your life. And I don't live my life for me. I live my life for a generation I'll never see. I live my life. I'm going to lay down my life so yours will be found. Because mine's already found. See, I live my life. I love that shirt we just got. It says, faith got me living risky. I already died to myself 10 years ago. That's why you can't recognize who I was. I'm dead. I'm done. The old me is dead. If we would actually understand we're a new creation, we're not just a person who got washed and and went through a bunch of counseling and went through all the programs and all the steps. You're a new creation. And I live from that place. So I'm not scared of death. I'm not scared of what they'll do to me. I'm not scared of them locking me up for preaching. I'm not scared of that stuff. I'm not scared of what any thing in this life could do to me because I understand that God is backing me up and if God is backing me up and if I do die in his name for his name then it's going to reproduce way more than what happened to me in that moment. And I love what Pastor Mark, he had a shirt on the other day. It said, the true prosperity gospel. And on the back, you know what it said? Persecution and martyrdom. The Bible says, wait in the upper room till you are filled with the Holy Ghost because you will be my witnesses. That word in Aramaic, you can look in the Passion Translation. That word means martyrs. We're filled with the Holy Ghost, not so we can dance around, flop like fish, and speak in tongues. That's part of it. But so that we could become martyrs, so that we could become dead, so that we could become walking dead people. Only walking dead people can raise the dead. You can only bring people into the victory that you have. 
That's why we can't play games. People are not getting delivered because you are playing games. And I am playing games. And if we don't stop playing games, they're going to stay there stuck in their brokenness. So many people go to hell because we're lazy. I know this ain't going to draw the crowds, but I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in the crowds that are watching. The ones that are watching from heaven. Waiting for what Love Revival is going to do. Waiting for what Zoe's going to do. Waiting for what Emily's going to do. Waiting for what my mom's going to do. Waiting for what my grandma's going to do. Waiting for what Fernando's going to do. Waiting for all of you guys online and in this place are going to do. The Bible says that creation, in the Passion Translation, it says creation stands on tiptoe, waiting for the children of God to realize who they are. They're waiting. Even creation is waiting. Standing on tiptoe in anticipation. Waiting. For us to rise up in our calling. In our destiny. It's time to arise. I know I preached that series a a couple months ago it's time to arise it's time to strengthen your feeble knees it's time to get ready for war it's time to stop listening to the media and listening to the politicians and listening to the news and it's time to get our face in the good news I heard uh, William Hinn was talking last night. You know, it's Uncle's Benny Hinn, and he was explaining that whole radical transformation for its uncle and how that's what brought God into their whole family, and their whole family is now saved and serving God. And But at first, the family was against him. And But he said, you know that the, revi- the Azusa Street Revival was started... Because somebody named William Seymour was put in the hallway and wasn't allowed to come in because it was a white-only church. And William Seymour was African-American. But William Seymour was so hungry for God, and he understood that Jesus said, if they persecute you, Or if they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. What did they persecute him for? Because of what he believed. That's racism in a way. He understood. They don't understand. Racism happens because they don't know what they're doing. That's why Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. They don't see the value in people. And William Seymour sat outside the door. And he listened to that white man preach. And the white man was preaching about the baptism in the Holy Ghost. And he sat there with hunger. He didn't allow the racist heart of the pastor to stop him from receiving. And you know he got filled with the Holy... He started a prayer meeting that turned into the Azusa Street Revival. they say what like six what was it like 600 million people attribute their salvation and their life in Christ now because of what happened in one house because one man chose to go beyond the offense to pursue God we're gonna be marginalized we're gonna be 
ridiculed. We're going to have people that are racist. We're going to have people that say, that accuse us falsely and say we're racist. We're going to have people that are going to do all that. But guess what? That's the breeding ground for revival. That's the breeding ground. God's just checking your heart. Are you serving me or are you serving their opinion? That's why this Friday at the train station, we are having a citywide prayer rally again. Last time we had 20 to 30 pastors, all different nationalities. People, all Most pastors that I'm, I'm friends with. And this time we're going to bring our congregations. If you can get there Friday at 6. We have people that are staying here that came from out of town longer. I see the sacrifice that people are making. Zoe flew up from Dallas last prayer rally. God told her to come, and it just so happened. Her boss told her she didn't have to work, and she got a plane ticket like this and came. If she came from Dallas to pray for our city, what about those who are in our city? Those who are around our city. Let's get to that prayer rally because prayer, prayer is what breaks racism. Prayer is what changes things. Prayer is what brings revival. Prayer is what brings an outpouring of the Holy Ghost because when we pray for each other and pray with each other, it brings us together in one accord and it knits our hearts together, black, white, yellow, green, whatever. The Bible says once you get saved, don't look at each other according to the flesh any longer. I said I was going to preach for a couple seconds. I'm full. I didn't even study too much today because it, it was a busy weekend. Sleeping in a tent and falling asleep at 2 in the morning and waking up at 6. And I spent a lot of time pouring into those who came with. I just, I, 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 I've came to understand the moments that you're in. And the people who are standing in front of you, who have paid a price for what they carry and who they are. And I see it. And when I see that, I'm, whatever I got to sacrifice, whatever is going on, I cancel it. And I extract everything that I can in that moment because I may never get that moment with that person again. And when we understand People carry. All of us have something we carry. Your breakthroughs, you carry that for someone else. Your scars bring healing to wounds that other people have that you have had healed by the Lord. I always say scars reveal the victories that you've had. There was pain, but because you allowed it to be healed and not fester and turn into bitterness and anger, because you have allowed the Lord to heal you, you've forgiven whatever, now you have authority and power in that area, and Satan can't mess with you in that area. I've been there, done that, got a scar to prove it. That'd be a shirt. And now, through that scar... You can bring other people's, other people into that same healing. That's why Jesus said, I still have the scars. He showed Thomas who doubted. What did he show him? His scars. He said, put your hand in my scars. 
and it cured his unbelief. What if people's unbelief we wouldn't persecute them for and say, what's wrong with you? I mean, he did say that at the end, but it was after he healed them. He just said, blessed are those who don't see and believe. (laughs) So he did bring the correction there. However, he also brought the solution and the healing. The scars you've been through. Don't allow the wounds that you have from your past, from your pastors, from your family. Because like I've been preaching about royal family, we're going to offend each other. We're going to hurt each other. The most important thing is that we don't allow those wounds to stay and we talk about it. No matter how small it is. If, you feel, if you're scared to talk about it, then the rela- there's something wrong in the relationship. There's something wrong in the relationship and there ha- we have to just be open. Open with each other. I mean, you don't have to tell everybody everything, but to those who are your, 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 your mentors, people that you have covenant relationship with, not people who are going to criticize you and use it against you, but people that are actually there for your good. You need to make sure that that relationship stays intact and that you sit down and you talk about stuff. And the purpose of conversation is not agreement, it's understanding. See, denominations are built on agreement. Kingdom is built on sons and daughters. Denominations, I, I, I'm not, we're, we say we're not denominational, but even that's a denomination now. <laughs> we're just kingdom we're just kingdom that's it get all the garbage out it's kingdom it's kingdom it's kingdom it's kingdom it's kingdom see denomination says once you disagree with me you're no longer part of my circle family says it's okay to disagree as long as we keep loving honoring valuing, appreciating each other. That, that is kingdom. That doesn't mean that, I mean, obviously you have to, there's the basic fundamentals of the gospel you can't get away from. But even if people do walk away, you still love them, you still honor them. The relationship may change. You might have to put up But anyways, I'm, I'm digressing. Let's stand to our feet. I'm just going to lead us in a prayer. And I always, usually I always lead us in a prayer at the end because when we all come together, in agreement (laughs) had to bring the balance there when we come together in agreement on a spiritual truth and we pray together for that thing it brings a unity and it releases the anointing and it releases everything that we just learned then it 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 gets engrafted. The Bible says the engrafted word has the power to save your soul. The engrafted word. So just repeat after me and just say, Father, I thank you. That you sent your son to die for me. To become a child of God to become the church to become part of your royal family to become a king and a priest submitted to you 
And today, I vow to live a life with that reality. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Love Revival Aurora podcast. If you'd like more information, follow us on our social media or visit us at loverevivalaurora.org.